This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, this is episode 525 of the Stable Scoop Show on the Horse Radio Network. It's the Equestrian Roundtable in coordination with American Horse Publications. Our sponsor of this episode is Purina Equine Senior. I'm Glenda Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning, the longest running daily horse podcast in the world. We're excited about our partnership with American Horse Publications. AHP is an association of equine journalists, and HRN has been a proud member for many years. Each roundtable from now on will have two members, tonight one, and one listener. We're excited to be also broadcast on the AHP Facebook page as well. So welcome, fellow journalists. I'll be your host and moderator tonight, and uh, yeah, I have some opinions, so I'll probably throw those in occasionally, but mostly, hopefully, it'll be the panelists talking tonight. If you're watching live, welcome. This is the first show that we're combining live video and audio. So if you miss any part of tonight's show, you can go catch the rest of it on our Stable Scoop podcast feed tomorrow. Tonight's topics will include whether everyone should learn to ride English and Western, even if they're set in one discipline, how to get involved in a new horsey community if you move or if you keep your horses at home, and also dog showing versus horse showing. Which group is craziest? That's what we're going to find out tonight. I, I'm anxious to talk about that one because I really have no idea which group is crazier. I think we all have our crazies. Uh, we're also going to uh, chat a little bit. Uh, before we get to the panelists, I have something very exciting to talk to you guys about. And that is we have, for the first time, the 2021 HRN holiday design that you can get on cards let me take, let me do this. Let me take the banner down. And if you're if you're not seeing this live, then I'll post it in the show notes for the audio people. But Jessica Troop, one of our amazing artist auditors, did this drawing of Scooter. And every year we're going to do a different Scooter drawing. And you can get this on Christmas cards. I know a bunch of people ordered Christmas cards with this design on. And you can get mugs. You can get all kinds of different stuff. The profits from this are going to go to Colby's Army. That's Lisa Wysocki's Colby Army for the tremendous job she does in Nashville with her, her therapeutic riding and her homeless outreach program there. She does amazing work. So all the proceeds are going to, profits are going to go to her and Colby's Army. We're going to try and do, as I said, we're going to try and do this every year with a different design. So you'll have the collector's items, but this is 2021's. And there's the link, hrnstore.com. We also have a ton of other merchandise with the HRN logo, with Horses in the Morning logo, with uh, Geldetch logo, all kinds of different stuff you can find at hrnstore.com. So get your Christmas shopping done there. Uh, check it out, and I'll remind you of that later on. But definitely go get Scooter. Go order some Scooter designs. And another exciting announcement that I'm going to make is that we are. We're, I mentioned that we're not doing Radiothon on Cyber Monday this year, the 12 hours. However, we are doing a holiday concert, and we're doing that on Facebook Live with Templeton Thompson. And for those of you that join in to enjoy some holiday music and hang around with us Horse Radio Network folks that night, we have prizes. And I'm happy to announce that it's now thousands of dollars worth of prizes for people who watch live, including we have confirmed we're going to give away a Wintech saddle of your choice. So that's up to a $1,500 value. You can pick any Wintech saddle. The only condition is you're going to have to watch live. And that is on Cyber Monday. It's going to be at 7 o'clock at night. We're going to run for a couple hours. So 7 o'clock on Cyber Monday. Uh, that is, what's the date on the Cyber Monday this year? i got to look. It is the 29th. So the 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Mark your calendars and join us if you're alive. You don't have to submit anything. It's just we're going to have a place for the live people to sign up. We're going to draw names out of a hat and give prizes in between songs all night. And we have thousands of dollars worth of giveaway. So it's the easiest chance you have to win. You don't have to. You don't even have to submit a song or anything this year. So we look forward to that. You're hearing it here first on Stable Scoop Roundtable. Now, let's get to our panelists for tonight. We have... What we determined was an old friend of mine <laughs> that I met quite a while ago. She's an AHP member. Uh, she's been active in the equine industry most of her life, uh, showing and working for equine publications, marketing. That's how I met her, media relations or as volunteer. She's a longtime agility trainer and competitor in the doggy world. And she has something exciting that's coming up here in December as well. We have Megan on with us. Hi, Megan. 
Hi. It's good to have you. It's good to see you again. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. We were just discussing that we met before Wagon 2010. Yes. So it's been a while. Yes. And you've been yes. a guest on our show's number of times, so thank you for that. <laughs> in, in many of your different uh, incarnations over the years. <laughs> different different facets, yes. That's right. So many different facets. Uh, and hi to everybody joining us. I uh, appreciate everybody stopping in. There's quite a few that have commented. So we're going to meet our next guest, and that's representing our auditors, our terrific listeners. We have somebody who's been to my studio and hung out with Scooter. She's met that Scooter that you saw on that Christmas card, uh, and that is Claire Kirsch. Hi, Claire. Hello. I, I think I gave Scooter some belly scratches. You did. You might have given so. him a carrot or two, too, yes. I think. And so. please tell everybody Scooter's as cute in person as he is in pictures. Oh, my gosh. He's cuter in person. So... <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. You're that. welcome. Scooter appreciates that. For some reason, Megan, Scooter likes pretty girls. He he just, our neighbor next door is a pretty girl. And when she comes home, his paddock is right beside her driveway. And when she comes home at night, he tears up to the fence and will stand there and whinny at her till she comes over and says hi. He's a, little, he's a flirt. He's a flirt. He's a flirt. Pony. Sounds yeah. like it. He's gelded too. So I don't, I don't know why. That was a long time ago. We normally have a third guest here, and she was supposed to be here. We were going to have Laura Pittman with us, who's a writer and a brand marketing specialist. Unfortunately, her internet wasn't good tonight, and we couldn't get her picture right, and she had a delay. So she had to bail on us. But I think the three of us can handle this. We can handle these topics. So, what do you say we get started? Let's yeah. do it. Actually, Laura had a question I think is an interesting one. Um, and this was, and, and I wish she could have explained it uh, better, but we, we didn't have her on long enough. Um, whether people should learn to ride English and Western, even if they're set in one discipline. So you, let's say you're riding Western and you're doing, you're doing barrel racing or whatever, uh, or you're riding jumpers and you're doing English. Should everybody uh, learn to ride both? Are there advantages or disadvantages? Megan? Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, what do you, what did you learn to ride? <laughs> I started off riding Western, but I also rode English. Um, I won a world championship at Hunter Under Saddle with my, um, lovely, beautiful Palomino gelding that I had. Um, and I've done raining. I have done barrel racing, breakaway roping. I've, um, learned, I learned to jump in college. I did everything but dressage basically, um, showed halter, so, um, so yeah, I'm a very big proponent for learning as much as you can. I actually wrote an article a few years ago as part of the Fit Rider column series for Horse Illustrated about cross-discipline training and um, how a lot of riders will do that. And they'll, uh, you know, um, they'll learn about another discipline to help their discipline. As, you know, rainers, you hear a lot about how rainers will kind of work with dressage riders sometimes and they will, you know, to help with their horsemanship and how to get their horses to move their bodies or use their bodies in different ways. So it's definitely, I, I'm definitely a big proponent for it. You know, I, I actually had a mom ask me the other day, her daughter's really unsure of herself and she wants to start doing riding lessons and what should she do? And I said, and, um, you know, I talked with her and her daughter's the kind that she gets very overwhelmed easily when she has a lot of st stuff to think about. And I said, well, the probably the best would be Western to start off with, just because you don't have to think about, you know, in English, you got to think about posting. You got to think about what diagonal you're on. You got to make sure you really have to work your balance a lot more in English than you do Western. So I, I you know, I told her I thought that it would be best for her daughter to start off with Western and kind of build her build her confidence up and then you know go into the English if that seems like something interesting um, but I love a good English horse I love a good Western Western horse um, you know I think I think it's very beneficial to everybody to learn to ride both if they have the opportunity to if they have to choose one or the other then I just say whichever one appeals to you the best and what's in your area. You know, if you live in Texas, it may mostly be Western. You know, if you live in the Northeast, it may be mostly hunters and in English. So, um, so I think, yeah, if you have the opportunity to definitely go for it because I, I don't like to get, I don't like to get bored. And so I'm always so busy doing things and I do so many different things. So that's why I like doing both. Claire. So I thought long and hard about this. Um, <laughs> I grew up riding hunt seat 
um, as an adult, I have gotten more into dressage. I really love trail riding. Um, so I used to teach riding lessons and I would see riders that had experience in different disciplines come in and kind of taking from some common issues that I would see with them. My answer is that the quality of the instruction is more important than the actual discipline. Um, I feel that at the heart of good riding is correct alignment, a good Mm -hmm. balanced independent seat. And that is something that kind of transcends the discipline that you're riding in. Um, So seeking out a good qualified instructor and not just someone who has a horse and a saddle and teaches lessons um, (laughs) is, is key. Um, I do think that learning different disciplines and becoming well-rounded will help you appreciate and respect them more. Um, But the quality of the instruction, making sure that the person who you're learning from um, can teach you (laughs) is, is the most important thing. Oh, totally. I totally agree with that, Claire. And I think that's, that's definitely a very good um, point to make sure you point out to anybody that's looking at taking lessons and asking questions for sure. We have seen, I think since the 13 years we've been doing horse radio network, I think we've seen a lot more people from both sides uh, trying the other side, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, especially you're right. Rainers will tend to come over and, and actually ride dressage. Um, and I've seen a lot of dressage riders try reining because they think it's a hoot, right? I mean, you don't get to do spins on in a normal dressage test. Well, at least not intentionally. Uh, you know, <laughs> so, sometimes accidentally. Uh, so a couple comments here from the face uh, from our viewers too. One said uh, Western and English should be the same principles at the base level. Both styles mm-hmm. should be focused on balance, and that's true, right? All riders are based on mm-hmm. that. And actually, driving's based on that a little bit, too. And uh, somebody else said, I feel like there should also be a benefit to a horse to switch up what they're doing. I know for mine, they really seem to appreciate not doing the same thing day after day. And that's true. Jennifer's always kind of tried both with her horses, even even the thoroughbreds. Um, That's all she's ever really had. But uh, we always had a Western saddle around, and she would try it. Now, as a horse husband, I am saying we start Western just because I have that horn to hold on to. (laughs) Okay? And Alex is in here, by the way. Your husband, Claire, is in here. Uh, he said hi. And have you ever gotten him on a horse, by the way? Pretty much once a year, like on my birthday. Western or English? <laughs> well, I, I only have English saddles, so okay. he's kind of stuck there. Duct tape a horn on that thing. (laughs) (laughs) So I do think, I think there's, I think there actually is a benefit to trying both. Plus there might be situations where you just get to do something different, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to go on a trail ride, uh, you know, at a, at a camp, or you're going to go to a a ranch someplace. You're going to be riding Western. Okay. They're not going to have an English saddle there. So you're going to be riding Western and you're going to be happy to. (laughs) So, I mean, there's that side of it too. Uh, Yet there's, there are, Disciplines like endurance, where you see a little bit of every kind of saddle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in, in endurance. Uh, I don't know. Anything else to add to that? No, I think um, like what the one um, person said about the benefit to the horse. Most definitely. Um, my um, my mare, she's 29 this year. And when we, when we brighter and we started out, we started out with Western Pleasure. And she was, she fought me a lot and I took her to a couple of different trainers and finally had one trainer that said, you know, she's way too smart to go slow in circles and you need to try something different. And that's how we started with raining with her in a uh, lark. I basically, she's like the epitome of the American quarter horse and versatility. She, I showed her in Western pleasure. Um, even though she was 14, two on a very good day and in need of a hoof trim, I would show her in hunt seat and at the open shows and she could out, you know, she could out trot with a flat knee, you know, any of the 16 handers and do really well in hunter saddle. She, you know, I, I showed her in raining. Um, I trained her for breakaway roping and used her in goat tying and um, you know, and she, she does it all. And uh, she's still, she's still to this day. My daughter rides her. I ride her. I uh, started riding her in ranch riding at some local show circuits this summer and, 
And also, um, it's definitely very good for the horse and it's very good for the rider to switch up if they have the ability to, because you learn so much. I don't know if you remember Glenn, but at the, um, at Rolex, they used to have, well, now it's, um, Land Rover, but when it was Rolex, they used to have the Kentucky cup, which was the reigning and it was, um, an FEI event. It was also a precursor to the world equestrian games when it was held in, in Lexington. And they had for a couple of years, they had one night where they would during the freestyle, they would ha- invite some of the, um, eventers to come in and rain. And so you had the O'Connors come in, you had like a lot of the top eventers come in and rain for the first time. And it was, it was always fun. And you had so many people come over from cross country day and walk all the way over to Alltech arena to watch. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a benefit for anybody and everybody. So one of our other uh, viewers, and we don't see your names a lot of times. It just says Facebook user. That's why I'm not using names. So I apologize for that. But it, it says my mom's Rainer steel buns <laughs> basically brought coach Charlotte Bernal back from surgery uh, by becoming her quiet dressage horse and loved it. Awesome. So yeah. And I think, too, I think a, a lot of trail riders I know that also show on the English side will will sometimes have an Aussie or Western saddle mm-hmm. uh, for the trail riding side of things, just because if they're going to go out for four, five hours, it's it's more comfortable, right? So, uh, and you can, you, can, you can slouch a little bit more. <laughs> There's places so. to attach your saddlebags. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You've got to bring, bring the beer somewhere, so... <laughs> Well, great. Good conversation. I'm sorry, Laura, you missed your own question. I apologize for that. And hopefully we'll get you on here some other time when your internet is more cooperative. I know that you, uh, Megan, said that Comcast is having all kinds of problems today. So that could be the problem, too. Let's talk a little bit about our title sponsor, and that's Purina. Uh, Do you have an older horse that's trying to grace age gracefully? Trust the future with your old friend to the number one equine vet recommended senior feed. Purina Equine Senior and Senior Active Horse Feeds are backed by unparalleled research to support the unique needs of the horses as they age. Both patent feeds include active age prebiotic technology to support optimal immune function, mobility, and the appropriate metabolic response in aging horses. Plus, now with the Outlast supplement built in, they also support your horse's gastric health and comfort. Purina Animal Nutrition is years ahead in senior research, so you can have more good years with your horse put their research to test or put their research to the test at horseinnovation.com that's horseinnovation.com and actually my pony pony scooter even though he's only 13 gets that because he's also a fat little bugger and (laughs) the senior feed actually works quite well for him it it doesn't put weight on him like you know which is ironic because it really should help with that. But for some reason, the way he digests this, it works well for him. So he uses that. So that's why it looks so good on the Christmas card, which you can get at hrnstore.com. Did I get the plug-in smooth enough? Was good, good job. Yeah, thank you. All right, Claire, you're in the, you have the next question. Tell us what it is. Okay, so my question is, how do you become involved in a new horse community when you are keeping your horses at home? Um, I am moving... 900 miles away from where I live now, uh, keeping my horses at home. Tomorrow. (laughs) That's the start of it tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, uh, and I'll be keeping my horses at home for the first time since I've owned them. I've always taken lessons, boarded, you know, been around a lot of people. Um, And that's how I've gotten references for, you know, trainers, farriers, who the good vet is, who maybe is a vet that you only want to call out if you have to. Um, And so, you know, besides posting random things on Facebook, how do you find your people? Um, Are you you going to be keeping your horses at home there too? Yes. Mm -hmm. So that'll be very, very exciting. Megan? That is exciting. Um, I would say, even though you mentioned, you know, not posting randomly on Facebook, but there are, I I think like definitely first reaching out and searching for Facebook groups that are in your area for horses. I know um, with me being based in central Indiana, we have quite a few different 
um, Indiana, Indiana horse related groups. And it's a great community of people to be able to ask them different questions to say, Hey, I'm looking for this. Where can I find this? Um, and then I would just say my other, you know, my other thought would be kind of doing like a Google search and, Mm -hmm. and just seeing what there is, depending on where you're going. There's sometimes some local publications that kind of help with it. Um, I contribute to Saddle Up Magazine, which is based in Michigan, Northern Indiana, um, Illinois, kind of that little area. And that seems like a really fun niche little publication that has a lot of local news and local, um, you know, show circus will post their, their show bills or they'll post about clinics and stuff like that. So I think, you know, and definitely getting started and reaching out to your fellow auditors here, because where, mm-hmm. where are you moving to? If you don't mind me asking uh, Michigan in the, in the thumb okay. of Michigan. We have a lot of auditors up there. We have a lot of listeners in Michigan. Yeah. And by the way, why the hell are you moving from Georgia to Michigan? What the hell is wrong with you? In the winter. (laughs) Winter was not the plan, but in this housing market, we take what we can get. So, (laughs) but one of the things I wrote down too is volunteering at horse shows Mm because you meet a lot of people when you volunteer. Uh, And I don't know if there's any around you where you're going to be, but uh, that's one of the ways Jennifer, we've moved a few times. That's one of the ways Jennifer has met people people is volunteering at horse shows or or on Facebook groups. You know, going on trail yeah. trail rides is actually the easiest way to meet people. By the way, if you're going to be where which part of uh Michigan are you in? The thumb. Is this show, hang on, that's the wrong way. There we go. <laughs> so, the opposite side of Detroit? Or? Uh north of Detroit, about an hour and a half north. That's where Marie lives. We got to get you connected with Marie, who trail rides every freaking place. Yeah. So yeah, so she's be, she'll be a blast. She'll be loving to uh, connect with you, Marie. Uh, we'll definitely get Auditor Marie on your. She'll show you around. You'll have a million friends to start with. And I've partied <laughs> with them on the road trip in Michigan at the campground before that storm almost tried to kill us. Mm-hmm. And they're a lot of fun. So, and they're good cooks. So <laughs> Shelly says she's in Michigan as well. So there you go. Perfect. You have friends are ready. <laughs> you know, and one thing I was thinking um, is taking lessons. You know, yes. there's always more to learn. Um, trying to find a couple barns, take lessons, maybe in yeah. a different discipline than what I currently ride. Going back to our previous question. <laughs> So. And actually, Andrew just uh, said, I have had good luck with searching and trying out local instructors until I find a barn community that I enjoy. Oh. There you go. I also second Glenn's going to horse shows, even if they're just local backwoods fun shows. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and Michigan also does have a trail community that does mm-hmm. group trail rides. So I know you like trail riding. Mm-hmm. Now, you'll be the only one in the English saddle, but that's OK. You're allowed to stand out. we won't tell anybody (laughs) but yeah claire i would suggest then definitely looking up on facebook um saddle up magazine it's um saddle space up with an explanation point um but uh they that is a great little community magazine and they put a lot of stuff out and she shares stuff on facebook from the magazine itself and it's it's free and you can find that local feed stores and tack dealers and stuff like that but that would be a great in and um, looking at some uh, looking at some things in the local area and and uh, it already sounds like we're you know I mentioned reaching out to auditors and sounds like we're mm-hmm. already getting you a nice little community and you know didn't yeah. even know it you know I that's think a, that, yeah go ahead Claire. that's the nice thing about the horse community is everybody is so willing to help um, for example I'm having my horses shipped and the shipper can't come to the home where the we're buying. Um, I posted on Facebook asking if anybody had recommendations for where I could meet the shipper. And I mean, I had complete strangers saying, Hey, you know, here's my farm. You can meet, meet us there or meet meet the shipper there. That's Um, Right. So kind of gives you a warm, warm fuzzies for moving to a strange, not strange place, but new place, new place. Yeah. Michigan has got awful roads. I'm going to tell you that too. Their roads are horrible. (laughs) I am aware. (laughs) It's so funny. You went across from Ohio to Michigan and immediately when you hit the line, it's like, oh, (laughs) yeah, you know, you know. (laughs) And wicked storms too, apparently. Uh, But that's apparently only when we're there. So you'll be fine. (laughs) We liked Michigan. I'm not picking on it. (laughs) So, well, I think that's great. I think that's... uh, 
I, I think that's how you have to do it. It just takes mm-hmm. time and it takes getting out there. And, and you're somewhat of an introvert, so it's got to be harder for you to just show up, right? Oh, that, uh, is, that is the worst thing in the world. But then volunteering gives you a purpose to show up. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and a job. So you're in there with everybody else who's also showed up and has to learn their job too. Um, and we have volunteered at some uh, shows. I hate volunteering at driving shows and getting obstacles, at being the judge, because I can never remember which way they were actually supposed to go through the obstacle, and I'm supposed to be the one judging it. So I always have to have my little piece of paper there. And like, <laughs> <laughs> Did they do it right? Did they do it right? Cheat <laughs> They never let me do it again, by the way. So <laughs> and of course, I had the one obstacle... The one time during the entire show that somebody screwed up the thing and I had to make the judgment on it. It's like, oh, jeez. Oh, no. Uh, next time, I just want the easy one. Just give me the easy one. <laughs> Alex, your husband says, I am not so looking forward to the winters, but I am looking forward to living in our house. Well, congratulations on that. You, you've got a new place. So, uh, And you, were, you guys were both Army. Now, you got out how long ago? I got out in um, 2012. I left active duty. I was in the reserves for two years after that. And Alex just got out, right? Yes, he just retired um, the end of August. Well, thank, thank you, you both, both for your service. Yeah. And Claire, you were a veterinarian. We're going to talk about that vet in a tech. little a vet tech. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that in a little bit and what it was like to be a vet tech in the military. But first, I have to say that American Horse Publications has United Equine-related publishing media, businesses, media professionals, colleges, and podcasters for over 50 years. The Professional Membership Association promotes excellence in equine media and encourages relationships and communication within the horse industry through education and networking. For more information, visit AmericanHorsePubs.org. And Megan, I saw you last about a month ago in yep. Dallas. So yep. so it is a great organization. If you're involved in equine media in any way, and that includes podcasting, we mm-hmm. we, we talked them into that a few years ago. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we convinced Chris that we were real podcasting <laughs> accounts. Uh, so she let us in. And But if you're in any of that, uh, definitely consider joining American Horse Publications, just the relationships you make. You learn stuff at the conferences, but it's the it's the friendships you make there that, like any conference, it's what happens in the hallway that's the important yep. stuff. The networking. So, yeah. How, and you've been a member forever, too, right? Uh, yeah, I was a student member when I was in college, and then... Um, and then I joined um, a couple years after that, after I'd been freelancing for a while and working. Um, so, with, so three uh, or four years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Help you, you got, out here. You got it. <laughs> you got that. So, Megan, uh, what what do you do currently? Uh, currently, I am the digital and social media manager at JT International, um, which is which we do the tough one products. A lot of people know us for our, for our blankets and our sheets. Uh, but we also offer all kinds of different tack and, um, stable gear and a lot of cool things. It's all based here in Indianapolis, which not many people know. Um, so I'm doing that. I've been doing it since January and I absolutely love it. I have a great group of people, um, great group of people that I work with. And then, um, I'm still freelancing. I'm still a freelance writer and, working for a multitude of different publications. And then I've also been doing some media and marketing consulting for some different organizations and small businesses and um, horse racing um, and a lot in the horse racing industry. So kind of doing a little bit of a little bit of everything and enjoying every single second of it. Now I've been for weeks telling our listeners to Christmas shop early because of the delays. And we talked about this on one of the roundtables recently. Uh, So are we correct shop early? Because I know there's, there's just stuff that's delayed, right? There is a lot of stuff that's delayed. Yeah, definitely shop early. If you think you need a blanket, Claire, since you're going from Georgia to Michigan, you need to <laughs> She won't need up. any blankets up there. I already yeah. bought them based Very on good. Glenn's advice. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, get your blankets now because mm-hmm. when you think, you know, a lot of times the winters don't get bad until January or February. And by then we don't know if we're going to have enough. I You know, I walk through our, our warehouse every day and we've got shopping carts packed to the gills of stuff and we get saddles in, you know, we've got tons of new tack lines that are supposed to be coming in. They were supposed to be in this spring and summer and we still haven't gotten them in. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. I 
have a bad cold. But um, we get saddles in and we're immediately shipping them out because they've already been sold out from under us. So I shop early. If you shop the big stop, big stores and shop, you know, like tough one. But I also say shop, um, shop local. Yeah, we we uh, I know in the auditor room they were posting everybody that makes different stuff. We have about fifteen twenty people who make things and post it on Etsy and stuff. So, yeah, if you get a chance, definitely do that. Look for uh, we're going to be promoting more of that at the Horse Radio Network. People who do local stuff or do you know independent stuff, Etsy type stuff. Uh, so definitely uh, take a look at that. That that's good advice. All right, like Claire. My mom who was on was on here one time last year. The was she? Artist. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. During COVID, <laughs> we did mom. the art. That was your mom. That was my mom. I don't even remember that. I we did the <laughs> we did the uh, we did the art show. We'll yeah. have to do that again. That was fun. We got all that dressed up. Fun. Yeah, we'll have to do that again. Claire, tell us you were in the army and you were a vet tech in the army. So, what animals did you take care of? Oh, um, we took care. So, our primary mission is military working dogs. Um, Depending on the DD station, uh, we also provided veterinary care for privately owned animals of um, active duty soldiers, retirees. Um, when I was at Fort Sill in Oklahoma, we had a wildlife center on post. And so we got to treat bobcats and deer. Um, I oh, had a cool. deer in my house for a little while. <laughs> um, and there were horses and uh, a donkey and a goat. Uh, were the most most memorable, so it was fun. You got to treat the the working dogs. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Were they mostly injuries or just common, just everyday stuff, or a little bit of everything? Um, in so I did. I was not deployed with them. Um, so typically we saw them for their annuals, physicals, dentals, routine things. Um, we thankfully did not have to treat a lot of major major illnesses Stuff, or, yeah. or injuries. Mm-hmm. Now, what age would they work them to? At what age did they retire them? It depended on the individual dog. Um, so some of them were able to work work longer than others. Um, like us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we had, we had some that were working at 11, 12 years old. Um, you know, that was maybe on the older end. Um, it just, it was, you know, really varied so that's a perfect transition into our final topic today now i don't know that this is going to be a discussion more of just us peppering megan with questions is what it's going to be but megan tell us what you wanted to talk about (laughs) so um so anybody that knows me knows that i also as much of a of a horse person as i am i am a dog person um I come from a long line of dog breeders and handlers. Um, um, I'm actually a fifth generation dog uh, show handler. My dad was a professional handler and bred golden retrievers. They had the number one dog in the nation um, a couple of years before I was born. Uh, My sister is a retired police canine officer uh, my grandmother and aunt were judges and, and breeders, um, long line. So I never really got what I really wasn't much of a dog person until I was in college and I really wanted a Corgi. And I got, um, I got my first Corgi when I graduated. Um, her name was Dallas May. Her registered name was Frontiers Honky Tonk Badonkadonk. Um, cause you know, Corgis no just have that on, donk. Uh name size <laughs> uh there is that's why the honky tonk badonkadonk was one long word um so and uh and i i started agility with her because my grandmother actually with a corgi brought, with my corgi yes yes we had a conversation years ago glenn and you're like corgis could not be very good at it and i, I said, remember yes, picking you. on you about your corgi yes. doing agility so i started the jumps agility. are this big <laughs> they're four or four to eight to 12 inches tall uh-huh. it depends on the height of the dog they measure for agility they measure to their withers for for their jump height you um, mean they don't measure to the bottom of their bellies no they, they should though they should for some <laughs> of them they should they but uh that's a whole another topic but so i started i started doing agility when i lived in lexington because i was living in an apartment and i was just like okay you need a job i was like looking at dally i was like you need a job and i need something to train because i was used to training horses 
So I started taking lessons in Lexington and started competing with her. And then, um, and then a few years later, I got La Mesa, who was the dog you saw in the picture of my little let me, slide. Let me, let me show that again. That's La Mesa. Yes, my little dancing what kind bear. Is that? She is a Swedish Valhund. So what? they are a Swedish Valhund. They are um they're they call them like the little Viking dog. They say they came over um they came over with the Vikings. Um, kind of looks Sweden. like a little Viking dog, actually. <laughs> not just say that. Yeah, a little baby wolf. Uh, I call her my um, chupacabra honey badger baby wolf hybrid because um, I've gotten many people have asked her. You know, I even we even heard some people call her a chupacabra at one point. Um, so she is. They are a cousin to the corgi. They're a rare. They're kind of a rare breed. Um, it's really hard to kind of find find one of them. They're an old breed, but people still think um, it's funny. I took her to I took her to uh, a market this past weekend, talking about shopping small business for my mom's uh, my mom's business, and people were like, "Oh, she must be one of those you know you try to make a you know make a breed by combining them." I'm like, "No, actually, this is a really old breed." So um, so I got her, showed her in. Um, Agility, and actually, she turns twelve tomorrow, so her birthday's tomorrow. Uh, and then I got um, my boy Reese. Um, he is a Swedish Valhund as well. He's actually a little bit different. He has a full tail, and I should have sent you a picture, uh, Glenn. So I'm I'm sorry, I, I have it pulled up on my camera on my computer, but um, he is he is a Swedish Valhund as well. He will turn four uh, this weekend. And um, yeah, when I got him, he actually was kind of was a foster failure, as I call him, a longtime family friend of ours. She had lung cancer when he was born and his litter was taken somewhere while she had to get, um, while she was being taken care of in Michigan. And when she got him back, he was scared of everything. And she just asked me, she said, she brought him down and at, about eight months and she was like, he was eight months old. And she goes, I know you take, you, you go a lot of places and you're really good at socializing. Can you just try to work with him some? And I said, yeah, that's fine. So I took him in and you can't, I, my daughter's six years old at the time she was three and you can't, you know, tell a kid, uh, this dog's only staying <laughs> yeah. here for it's a couple be here months. For two weeks or oh, two months yeah. and then we're going to give it away. <laughs> yeah. He's going to go back home. Yeah. Um, so luckily, um, Sharon Pekarski was his breeder and she, unfortunately her lung cancer was not doing so well. And she said, I want you to take him. Um, he was the pick of the litter from my, from her stud dog. And, uh, so I promised her that I would do, you know, what she would would have would have wanted with him, and that was to show him. Um, I waited a little bit to show him. Um, I kind of showed him here and there at a couple of shows, but I never really like. I took a couple classes and in confirmation because it's it's very different doing confirmation than agility. And uh, I'm I'm a tomboy, and I'm not used to a lot of that kind of stuff. And you mean I'm used to showing up? halter, yes, dressing up. <laughs> you know, I'm used to showing halter and horses and halter, but that's you know, a horse is completely different than a dog, and you know, in size and okay. everything. Let's get to the important stuff. Okay, who's so, crazier, horse people or dog people? <laughs> it really depends. You know, I <laughs> I have to say, if you've seen the movie Best in Show there are those personalities at dog shows, but those are also those personalities at horse shows. My daughter shows miniature horses now, and there's some crazies at miniature horse shows. And I'm not talking just the miniature horses, um, you know, and you, you see a lot of craziness at the different breed shows and stuff. So I think it really depends, but I, I think I definitely stand out in different ways because I'm very laid back at the dog shows and I'm really just kind of like, okay, you know, I like go with the flow type of thing. So, but it, it really, it really varies. Um, there's a lot of people that it's, it's hard to, it's hard to find shows where you can get points to show your dog. Um, because see, you, you try to earn, you try to earn points and, um, it depends on how many dogs you beat as to how many points you earn. And if you have a good dog and you are talking within like, there's like a Facebook group that, um, 
that, you know, it's called the Swedish Valhoom Point Builders. And people will be like, I'm going to this show. Who's coming? And you can say like, oh, I'm coming. And all these people will say that they're coming. And so you enter the show and you have to enter it like two weeks beforehand. And then you get to the show. And once, and sometimes depending, and I, I've run into this already. And just like the one year that I've been showing, you know, people find out that I'm coming with Reese and they don't show up. So I end up showing by myself. And it's kind of one of those... You know, it's really just kind of like, come on now. Because they know Reese is going to win? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, in fact, well, that's he, kind of sucky. That kind of defeats is. the purpose of trying to win and beat the best, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what you want to do? Exactly. Exactly. We've, we've run into that a couple of times. Um, I've, ha- I've shown him at some shows. I've sent him with a professional handler. Um, uh, actually, he's on his way home from California. He showed in California this past weekend um, and won best in breed um, three days in a row out there. And, uh, you know, and the handler, she was like, you know, we have to be careful saying, you know, where we're going because if people find out, you know, that he's going to be there, they, they'll pull out. They won't show. And my parents ran into that when they were showing. So I never thought that I would run into it, but it happens. So. Geez, that's I didn't clarity. Are you surprised? Or something? It, it sounds very dramatic. Um, it can be. It really can be. Yeah, yeah it's pretty. It's it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. But it's really funny though because there's a lot of there's a lot of like horse show people, especially in agility. And I've talked about this before. Like a lot of horse people have gotten out of horses or maybe from competing in horses and they do agility. And that's kind of how I was like when I was moving around so much, I couldn't, my horses were still in Indiana and I was living in Oklahoma and Texas and then in Kentucky. And so, you know, I had, I had Dally and I could compete with her and that was so much easier, you know, without horses. And so there's a lot of horse people that do agility and there's quite a few, like there's, there's some horse people that show confirmation as well. Um, So it, so it's always kind of interesting comparing, comparing the two for sure. Clara, have you ever showed dogs? No, I have, I have not ever shown dogs. I have had mutts. (laughs) <laughs> that don't listen very well, so I don't think we would succeed. Well, purebred could still not listen very well That's too. True. So. <laughs> so, no, um, I have not shown dogs. Um, so here's a question that I'm sure I'm not the only one wondering: How are costs of dog showing compared to horse oh, that's showing? That's a good question. Um, are they? Is it as extravagantly expensive as horse showing? It depends. It's kind of funny. Um, when, when I, when I started dating my husband uh, and we were, um, together at first when, and we we're living with each other, he would, he, I, he would get mad at like my cost for an agility trial. I would enter an agility trial and we would basically, you would run two, you would enter, like I would show Dally in two runs, the standard and the jumpers with weaves and I'd run La Mesa in the standard and jumpers with weaves. And so it'd be four runs a day and it'd be a weekend. So, and it was, the entry fee would be $350 total. Oh, and I know. Right. So yeah, horse, people, horse people were totally like, Oh, yeah. and my husband would freak out and he'd be like, that's so expensive. I was like, honey, when I was showing quarter horses and Palominos, $350 is the stall fee. Right, exactly. Like that's just the stall let's fee. Not, We're not talking not, entries. We're not talking about the fuel to get there. You know, yeah. Let's not mention the F three fifty, right? And just the your day to day expenses, <laughs> right? Right. So, like, I would explain to him, like, just wait, you know. And I, it's funny because he's learning that now. Now that we, you know, I'm showing some, and my daughter's showing horses some. It's, um, it's very interesting. <laughs> he'll he'll just be like, oh, um. Now, if you send your dog off with a professional handler, yeah, as okay. I have so done, tell me how much that costs. Okay, you show up at a horse show and your dog's going to take it, or your professional handler's going to take it in a class. We just went over to the World Equestrian Center and they had a golden retriever show. Yeah. First of all, I don't know how they judge them because they all looked exactly alike. To me. <laughs> I don't know how. They, and the other thing is, how do all those women in the fancy dresses not have yellow hair all over them? There must be a lot right? of lint rollers going on in <laughs> yes. dog shows. Yes. But how much are you paying a handler to, to run that dog in a show? It it full it really depends on the handler. Um, my handler, Michaela Starr, she's absolutely amazing. Um, she's handled Reese's daddy. Okay, first all. of all, Michaela, I hope you're not watching this, but that's a name right out of Best of Show, right? The movie. 
<laughs> that's, that's a perfect it's, it's name perfect. for that. It's perfect. It is really perfect. Um, I kind of, I kind of laughed with um, AKC has their own like app and TV channel called AKC TV, and um, they'll do live streaming from different events. They were actually at the show in California that Reese was at this weekend. It, it was called Wolfstock. It was like all tie dyed out seventies. Everything <laughs> it was crazy, and. And Reese, when they did the groups, uh, Reese was representing the Swedish Falhoons. And so they, you know, they said her name and they, they said Michaela Starr. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> only Michaela could hear that. <laughs> but, um, no, Michaela's great. And basically what it, you know, what you do is you have a contract with them. Um, and a lot of times you split with other owners. So they'll, they'll take with them like <clears throat> five to eight other dogs with them. And you'll split all the fees. You, I entered, I paid the entry fees myself. And then um, we pay like a daily care fee, which is like, I think it was like $15 a day if they weren't at, if they weren't being shown that day. If it was a show day, then it was something else um, like $50 or $60 a day. Um, and that included them, you know, grooming um, and getting, prepping them and showing them. And all, and then if that's you, all. I thought it'd be more than that. Did you think, Claire? I thought it'd be more. Yeah, than that. it can, yeah. it can, it can be. Then you had to like, and then you divvy up their um, expense, the handler's expenses. A lot like if you ha- if you were paying your horse trainer, trainer. to take your horse to a show, um, you know, you would pay for their for their um, you would split the split their their costs and their in their fees for you know their hotel uh, gas and stuff like that. So it can add up. Um, I sent Reese off with her for a month in January. Uh, they went to Florida and then shown it showed in Shelbyville, Tennessee. And it was maybe about $700 total. Um, but if I thought about it, because it, it was a real big thing for me to decide if I was going to use a professional handler, if I was going to do it myself. Um, there's a big, um, ego thing if you are an owner handler and you can finish your dog mean he can earn his championship from the owner as an owner handler and I wanted to do that but for me I had to think about having to take time off from work and having to travel because it's hard to find those points I had to go in January he had to go in Flo- to Florida um, so he had to go to Florida in January um, he ended up finishing his championship, which is a really big goal. A lot of people have in two, um, show circuits. So in Florida and then in Tennessee, and I couldn't have done that. Like a lot of these shows are four days. When I went down to Lexington, Kentucky for the, um, bluegrass cluster, it was, uh, it was actually five days, but I showed, um, it was over Labor Day weekend. So I showed Saturday, Sunday, Monday, because I already had Monday off and it was a three and a half hour drive. But, um, you know, it, it's, it can be difficult for somebody, especially for somebody like me in my situation where my husband's on the road for his job, 70%, 70% of the year. I have a six-year-old daughter in school. You know, I have a farm to take care of. So, um, all of this is sounding familiar, <laughs> right? Yeah, so right. I, so, you know, and so, um, so yeah, so I've, I, I intersperse. Sometimes I use Michaela and sometimes I show him myself and actually I've been lucky. I, uh, qualified for the national owner handler, um, national championships in December out in Ocala or not in Ocala, I wish Orlando. So um, Reese will be shown in the national championship um, by Michaela. Well, congratulations. Thank yeah. you. And um, I'll be showing him on fr- the Friday before um, in mid-December at the um, championship. So now I have to go shopping for a dress suit. And a dress. I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> I, I was told that my, you know, what I thought my cute A-line tennis skirt with the shorts in the pockets, because you had to think, dog show Treats. exhibitors yeah. they bend over you don't want to give them the full you know woohoo. Mm-hmm. uh you don't want to show them what the moon looks like or anything so um so yeah so i had to go do some shopping and i really have to think about i'll be doing one of those things where i'm going to be bending over i'm going to be you know <laughs> squatting and people are going to look at me and be like what is this girl doing in the dressing room so It'll be interesting. So I have a question. How much money do you win? Is it more like Western or the English side as far as money winnings? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> um, you win money if you are best in show. Um, unfortunately, one of the negatives of having a rare breed dog like a Valhund is the judges. Not a lot of judges know that much about them, so they won't um, judge they them as fairly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 hard to so they will judge because they don't really know what the standard. standard is, right? Right, right. right. They yeah. judge them by the breed standard, and if they don't know the breed standard very well. I've been lucky and I have shown race this year to a couple of great judges. One judge actually put me, I call it, I call it, this is another like horse person and total neophyte thing. I call it, um, I call it when the, the professional show, I call that the open and I call the owner handler. I just say like, it's the non-pro or the, um, or the owner handled and dog show people look at me like when I say, well, when's the open groups? And they're like, what and i'm like the open groups and they're like you mean groups i'm like yeah with the professionals not the owner handled the professionals the open and they're just like and i'm like sorry i'm a horse person this would be more <laughs> like you know the open so um but i have had some judges i've had one judge and she said she's like i loved she's like if the dog is good i love these dogs and if the dog is good i will put them up because they don't get very much respect so um best in show winners they win money um best in breed i have yet to win any money i've gotten some little, little swag from like pro plan and purina and and all um but sounds a lot like ribbons. horse showing doesn't it yeah Claire? it's a lot like horse showing <laughs> you get you go for the ribbons and <laughs> i see the ribbons and behind, paper certificates behind you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep you get those pretty ribbons and paper certificate that are behind me and agility you get big bars and so, yeah. So I was impressed with the number. We were, as I said, we were at the World Equestrian Center. And the fact that they were holding this at the World Equestrian Center, World Equestrian Center is trying to do a lot of different things. And they are. Yeah. They're doing a lot of non-horse things. And dog shows is one of the things they want to do because they're set up for it. Right? Yeah. Uh, but there were like, I, I, it was hundreds mm -hmm. of Colton Retrievers. These are not small. I mean, no. there's a lot of dogs. There's a lot. And plus, you have your, all your travel expenses. So I can see where it would be just as crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you don't have your board. That's the one yeah. thing you don't have, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, there you go. So there's crazies in both worlds is what we're learning. There are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pretty much They're as crazy everywhere. <laughs> Glenn, I will say, they yeah. made, AKC made an announcement. They are going to have the National Agility Championships at the World Equestrian Center in Ocala. Um, really? I think spring 2022. Oh, I we're going to go to that. It's, it's a lot of fun. I've qualified for, with Dally, I qualified for three national championships in a row. We were in Reno, Tulsa, and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, so I really, and then well, the if, AKC, if you qualify, you have to come over and visit when you come yeah. down. I haven't, I haven't shown agility in quite some time. Um, I lost my dad last October and um not this past but last october and it, it's been really hard to kind of get back into doing something that was his thing and his thing yeah. that's kind of been like this showing reese has been kind of this year has kind of been my thing for for dad and and uh, i've kept one of his show pins i wear one with on me whenever i'm showing him and um and everything so yeah so i'm trying to get back into agility reese will start well his think training of how proud he well. will be when you qualify to come to ocala <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> he'd be proud yes and besides i want you to come visit see there's another reason <laughs> i love o i love ocala we went down there we went um we flew into orlando in august and my my thing was we have to go to ocala at least for the day and we went to um Pleasant Acre Stallion, so I could see um, a favorite horse of mine and Aubrey's favorite racehorse, Bucaro, um, Indiana bred, all time money earning um, Indiana bred, thoroughbred stallion. And then um, we drove around the World Equestrian Center because I've been to the one in Ohio. And so I wanted to see what the one in Ocala is. It's a little bigger, like. huh? Just, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Um, so yeah, I definitely I want to come back. I think people get sick of me talking about it, but, but because I talk about it a lot because we it's, go there a lot. It's it's an experience all of its own. It definitely it's Disneyland is. for horse people. Yeah, I mean it really, and I think people think I'm making it up because no. 
No. <laughs> you can't spend a billion dollars, literally, and not come away with a nice place. I mean, it's a nice place. And they had a huge Quarter Horse show there in October. They had it going up against the All-American Quarter Horse Congress, which is a really tough sell as it is. But they were they were giving away bank. Like, they gave a brand new F-150 four-door pickup truck to the winner of the 15th or 18th Horsemanship. <laughs> Um, I don't even know if the girl that won it had her driver's license. Like they were giving away like twenty, thirty thousand dollars at that show. I mean, the people we need people like that in the horse industry. We need the Roberts. We need them to mm-hmm. you know continue investing in different ways to ev- to grow and evolve the horse rate, horse industry. Um, so and they yeah. they're interested, and he you know we've had him many times on the shows. Uh, Mr. Roberts, and uh, he, you know, he's all for, he doesn't care if it's English or Western or whatever. He right. doesn't care. Matter of fact, he wants to do more English, and then, of course, the whole battle with the USEF <laughs> is going on, which we won't get into now, but yeah. we've talked about it on the shows before. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. But I'm just glad that after we moved here, they decided to build that, because we used to live in Lexington about four miles from the horse park, and then we moved here, yep. and then three years later, this was announced, and now we live even closer to the World Equestrian Center, so it's pretty cool cool we get to go yeah. and they have concerts there and they're doing all kinds of new stuff so we get over there and the restaurants are fantastic by the way it's the best food you're going to get at any horse show venue in the world it's just really mm. good food we go there the restaurants all the time just to eat everybody now is going to the world of question center for dinner so thank you guys for joining us claire good luck on your move thank yes you. good luck thank i you. still think you're nuts but mm-hmm. you know moving to Michigan and everything. Alex says, I still remember our trip with Gloria Austin. When Claire and her husband came down to visit, we went down to Gloria Austin, who's one of the top foreign-hand drivers in the world, uh, down by the villages of all places, down there in Grand Oaks, and uh, had a beautiful foreign-hand drive. It, she has these white horses. It's so much fun. Oh, it was, it was so memorable. Well, was were incredible. you there the day I drove for the first time? It almost wrecked us? No. No, I don't think no. she wanted you to be, get killed. So that's why she did <laughs> <laughs> I did drive those horses once, four in hand, and I've never, I don't do four in hands. That's a lot of reins to keep track of. But it was fun. So that was a good time. I remember that day well. And Megan, where can people find you if they need to find you? Um, they can find me on um, online. My website is MeganArsmanCommunications.com or Facebook. It's under Megan, um, Facebook.com slash MeganArsmanCommunications. Um, I'm on Instagram, MLA317. Um, you can always see what we're doing at Tough One. You can um, see, you know, I support as many different small businesses as I can. So you can follow them on on my Facebook as well. And yeah, I'm just about everywhere. Terrific. And of course, you can find our sponsor, Purina Animal Nutrition. Go to horseinnovation.com. And also thank you to American Horse Publications for their media partnership. It's americanhorsepubs.org. You can find me. I'm host of Horses in the Morning, the longest running daily horse podcast in the world. I just came back from a podcasting conference in Tampa. And we, I was discussing it with some of the powers that be in the, in the podcasting world. And we think it actually might be the longest running daily podcast now in the world. That's we, pretty we, cool, Glenn. We, we don't That's know amazing. of any of them that have gone that long. It's just because, uh, just because Jamie and I are too stubborn to stop, I think. Uh, just too stupid <laughs> to stop. I don't know which, but we enjoy doing it and have a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, I, I love working with Jamie and all the other hosts there on Horses in the Morning. So you can find me at horsesinthemorning.com or any of your podcast players. We have 20 shows in the Horse Radio Network. I saw that Mandy was in here tonight. She's host of the Lead Line podcast on the Horse Radio Network. And yeah, I want to know what up. she's fixing for dinner. She said she I was know. listening to us while she was fixing dinner. Sounds good. I know. And she's doing her meetup. Isn't uh, isn't Massachusetts? Isn't Equine Affair this weekend? Or yeah, I think it's this weekend I coming think so. up. And she's doing a meetup there. I know that the auditors are doing a meetup there. So uh, everybody up in the Northeast that are going to the Big E, we're thinking about you guys. You're going to have fun shopping for Christmas. Uh, and we love your feedback. Uh, and if you want to find all of the links and everything, just look in the show notes. If you missed any part of tonight's live show, you can find the whole entire episode at Stable Scoop on your podcast player. I'll be posting that tomorrow. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Glenn. Thank right. you. Happy scooping, everybody. Mm-hmm.